Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast that as of right now does not have a name anymore. Yes, and there's a reason for that. There, there is. Uh, Take it away. Someone left a comment on uh, the last podcast we did that there is another podcast with that name. Um, yep. It's focused more on like 80s B-movies and entirely on movies, whereas ours... Well, when I came up with the name, it was a, a double meaning referring to... Now playing, referring to what games we're currently playing, as well as what movies are in theaters right now. Um, I'm just shocked that somebody's commenting on our videos. That's lovely. Yeah, someone commented, hey! Um, we got uh, a fan, and yeah. they're probably really disappointed that... <laughs> that one fan is probably really disappointed that we haven't uploaded or maybe, anything. Or maybe it's like he was looking for that other podcast and he found us instead. And got really disappointed. Yeah, he's really right? disappointed because it's just so, a couple of idiots ranting about fucking whatever. Probably Batman versus Superman. Yeah, because I won't let that movie go. I still haven't seen the ultimate cut. Yeah, neither have I. Uh, it's out on Blu-ray now, though, isn't it? Yeah, I'm probably in terms of Blu-rays, I'm probably gonna wait till my birthday and then just go nuts at, like HMV and buy a bunch. That's what I usually. Yeah. do. Um, oh, good idea. Yeah, I will. I will say this. This is the most tired I have ever been on the not now playing podcast. <laughs> I uh, well, as I was I was telling you earlier, I was uh, I went to sleep at four thirty. I was mm. woken up at eight a.m. by a spider on my arm. Uh, proceeded to have a panic attack, sweeping clear my room for thirty minutes, and then I went back to sleep. So I'm okay. Um, I'm more tired from. I I shouldn't get too much into detail with this because it'll probably get me in trouble. But I dealt with a very unpleasant person in um, the uh, film industry, and yeah. That was that was most of what this week was, to be honest. Already. Mel Gibson, or no, Mel Gibson would probably would be more pre- pleasant because I'd be able to go around saying I had to deal with Mel Gibson. Mm. Uh, basically, just some guy trying to stiff arm me into doing volunteer work, uh, and then took four days to never send me a call sheet. And mm. I was well, just like, you know what? This this sounds like something I don't want to get involved in whatsoever. Well, no, you should. You, I think you the... you should see the chat records of me and and squad talking about it all right um the views of the now playing podcast reflect (laughs) the individuals not the entire everyone else um yeah yeah. so like i said the name our our former name um let's let the fans vote let's (laughs) let the fans vote well we tried we tried i tried to do a bunch of like plays on the fact we don't have a name and Every like every name I could think of was taken. There are so many podcasts now. Um, we should have just been like now period playing period podcast period. <laughs> well, no, they're calling they call it now playing podcast. So it's like, well, do we just go now playing and drop the podcast? I don't know. Uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure for, we'll figure something out for the final. For now, we're the, we're the, we're a nameless podcast, we, and we, that's we all right. Um, so let's start off with what we are playing since what games we're playing, since that's half of what this is supposed to be. Uh, what do you got to talk about, Ben? Oh, well, um, I'm pretty poor right now, so <laughs> not a lot of brand new games coming through my doors. My dad got The Division recently, so I was oh. playing that a little bit, but I've been playing a lot, and this is only because it was on sale. The Metro Redux, uh, it comes with both Last Light and 2033, so I'm just playing through 2033 right now, and I am enjoying it quite a lot. Mm-hmm. I bought both of those on sale a while back, and I don't have the space on my PS4 to install them. Mm. Uh, but I've I have played through I think half of 2033 on PC. Okay. The original version, and I played yep. the PS3 version of Last Light twice. 
Oh, okay. Uh, I really like Last Light. 2033, I kind of got stuck. I want to play the Redux because they overhauled the me- some of the mechanics. Right, okay. Uh, but those are really, really good story-based first-person shooters. Oh, Inc- the story is great. Incredibly atmospheric. I actually have the book for Metro 2033. I've had it for like two years, and I've been trying to read it, and I just haven't. See, that's something uh, that really throws me off, though, because in 2033, everybody's reading the book. So everybody probably already knows what happens but me, and I'm a little pissed off about that. So it's like it's like I'll go into, I'll I'll be like I don't want to say levels, but I guess like whatever. I'm seven chapters deep or whatever yeah. into the game, and then I go into this room, and one of the bad guys is reading the book, and I'm just kind of really? sitting there like, well, he must know that he's already gonna die. So I think that's, that's a just... little. I guess just an Easter egg they've thrown in. They they do that. No, in... Sandro, it's definitely canon. It's <laughs> in, definitely canon. In Last Light as well, there's an area you can find because there's so twenty thirty three is the first book, which the first game is based on. Yes. Then the second book is twenty thirty four. Last Light is not based on that. Oh. Um so there's um you can actually find like advertisements for twenty thirty four in like little nooks and crannies in Last Light. Uh, yeah. And then the third book, I believe, is based on the story of the Last Light game. So are they going to make a 2034 game? Maybe. I hope so. That'd be good. I'd be all over that. That'd be good, yeah. Um, so yeah, Metro's, Metro is good. We've I've got... The game I've got right now is one that we've talked about in the past mm-hmm. that I have previously not been a fan of, and that is Fallout 4. Ooh. Well, I, what do you think uh, so? So I picked it up a week and a half, two weeks ago, because it was on sale for 25 bucks at EB Games, mm-hmm. and it was one of those games that I'm like, when it gets cheap enough, I'm going to try it, and at 25 bucks, I'm like, it's probably not going to get cheaper than that for a while. So I went and I picked it up, and I have played it basically nonstop for the last week and a half, because as of right now, I'm still, well, I guess I'm still unemployed, I'm not getting paid for anything I do right now. Mm. Um, That's unfortunate. Yeah. Um... But I've been playing that pretty nonstop, and I've got like 112 hours played or something like that on my Hell yeah. And I've reached a point where I feel like I'm kind of done now, actually. Uh, oh, yeah? I-, I feel narratively I've been done for a little while, but I found some extra quests, and I've been building up Sanctuary and some of the other um, settlements around the area. So have you completed the main campaign? Yeah, yeah. I finished the main quest like 40 hours of gameplay ago. So um, this is... This is something that I brought up in the previous podcast because uh, I was talking about playing Fallout 4. And now do you kind of understand with what I was getting at when I said the ending It kind of leaves you like, well, hang on, this doesn't make much sense because you either choose to... And spoiler alert, spoiler oh, yeah, alert. Yeah, spoiler alert, we are going to talk Fallout 4 spoilers because we can now talk Fallout 4. Spoiler alert, all right. The game's over, almost a year old, get over it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you basically, if you whatever, if you join one of the three good guy factions, your only option is to really blow up the Institute, and unless you join the Institute, then you have the option to control the Institute. The problem is, is that the other three decide that they're going to be, with the exception of maybe the Minutemen. The Minutemen are the only one that don't. Yeah, the other two decide that they're going to go against you if you join the Mm -hmm. Institute. But here's the problem, if you're running the Institute, you can do whatever the fuck you want. You can just go tell the Brotherhood of Steel, hey, my dad was running the Institute, and now he's given me control of it, so... Well, here's the thing. I think that that might work with the Railroad. I didn't really interact with the Railroad much. I didn't... I just... They were like a quest, and I'm like, oh, I'll get to it eventually, until they're like, you need to find them so you can get into the Institute. 
that, that's what I, uh, and I I'm went like, with. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I ran off and found them, and I'm a little pissed because I found out after that if I had gone through their quest line, I would have gotten additional armor upgrades. Yeah. And I'm, fu- I'm like, fuck, oh, okay, well, I'm not undoing, like, 50, now at this point, like, 50 hours of gameplay to go get that. Did you go with the Brotherhood or the Minutemen, then? I, I teamed up with both the, the Minute. I was primarily with the Minutemen. And yeah, I went me too. And I went and I tagged along with the Brotherhood a bit, but I'm like, these guys are, like, very militaristic and borderline Nazi-esque. I'm not yeah. sure I like them. Um, and then as, like, you go throughout the game, they start seeding, like, oh, Sean's much older than you think he is, and I'm like, okay, I think I know where this is going, I think I know where this plot's going. Yeah. And yeah. sure enough, you get there, and he's father, he's running the institute, I'm like, yep, no, that's what I'm expect- I expected. And at that point, I'm sort of like, okay, so the, the railroad are obviously gonna turn on me, because we don't want them freeing synths. The Brotherhood are fucking nuts, so, and they're kind of dicks, so I don't care. Um, and the railroad I have no attachment to at this point. I have the Minutemen, and that was sort of the thing. I'm like, like okay, the Institute, I guess they are the boogeymen of the Commonwealth, but they are sort of also humanity's best hope in terms of the yeah, technology they have. exactly. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, if I can take control and rebrand their messaging, maybe things will go okay. And if I can keep the Minutemen as well, so like the Institute, we just keep them underground rebuilding humanity... And the Minutemen are trying to keep shit intact up top on the surface. I'm okay with that. And that's what I got in the end. Is, okay. I'm, is I'm the director of the Institute, but I'm also the, the general of the Minutemen. Mm. Um, and I'm happy with that ending. And, and to be honest, like, the, the reason I felt like I was narratively done uh, a little while ago is because like I finished, Sean dies, I'm now the director of the Institute, I'm the general of the Minutemen, everything's getting built up. And then I went around and I started playing around with the romance options with the different companions. I have a question, though, Sandro. If you choose to be with the Institute, don't you have to destroy the Brotherhood and the Railroad? Yeah, you do. See, now, here's my problem with that. I destroyed the Brotherhood. I had no problem killing them off, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I do have an issue with killing the Railroad because, yeah, they're a little out there with their views, but don't forget, the in- the, the I had a real issue with the fact that the synths are conscious and they're basically slaves, and so I was like, "Well, fuck! I can't, can't do that." I think some of the newer, the newer synths were the older ones. Didn't seem to be particularly conscious, which is yeah. what the majority of what was walking around the institute were those older models. Yeah. Um, the other thing with the rail, with the railroad, is I went to them and I tried to talk to them initially. Yeah. And they just told me to fuck off. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, you guys are gonna come after me anyway, so I'm just gonna take out the leadership. Hmm. I, I didn't really have any attachment to them. I was I was going there like, yeah, I'm going to have to kill these idiots. Um, but they were just like, yeah, no, you're with the Institute. We can't trust you. Fuck off. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's the way that goes. The Brotherhood, on the other hand, the Brotherhood was totally calculated. Like, I'm going to fuck you guys up. You guys are crazy. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm kind of liking your thought process right now. I just had a real problem with the whole slavery thing. And at least if you if you blow up the Institute, you get... A son yeah, version yeah. of your, your I read son. about that, and I was sort of like, I, I was wondering if that would happen even if you go with the Institute. It's like, maybe I'll get a little, you know, synth Sean that I can take back, and he lives with me in, in Sanctuary. Do you? No, you don't. Oh, fuck. So I'm like, oh, okay. Mm. But no, like right. I was saying, like, I, I, I feel like, yeah, I went romancing, and I settled on, on a character, and I'm like, Which okay, uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, it does not matter. You went with uh, fucking... You went with strong, didn't you? No, I didn't. No. Yeah. Um, Piper. Uh, no, I, sh- I thought about Piper, but no. Um, uh, Curry. 
What? Who? Curry. Curry? Oh, you don't have Curry yet? I don't know who that is. She's a robot that you find in one of the vaults, and then you can turn her into a synth. Oh. Um, wait, in vault, which one? 81? I haven't been in 81 yet. Um, maybe. It's the one where you, like... Fuck, what is it? It's the vault where they have, like, a, like a, a guy with a drug addiction, and it's, like, an actual active vault that's still, like, all right. I and think they... that's 81. I haven't been in there yet. Okay, it's so, yeah. It's marked on my map, but I gotta go down there. All right, yeah, yeah, you go. So I did that, and I just felt like this is narratively, like, a place to end. Like, he's in charge of the Minutemen, and they've rebuilt a lot upon the surface. I'm in charge of the Institute, and we've rebranded. And now he's, like, Sean has died, and he's starting to rebuild his own life by settling down with someone new. And I'm like, so okay, I, that's, that's, I feel like that's a good narrative endpoint for, for my character. So what about, um, what happened? Because I know that if you destroy the Institute, and you start walking around the towns, people are kind of happy about that. They're like, mm -hmm. yay, we feel safe, the, the Institute's finally gone. When you walk around the towns, when you control the Institute, what do people say? I've only seen two things so far. First was I went back to Sanctuary and uh, Preston was yeah. like, "Are you sure about this? Uh, can we trust them? You know, are, you know, is it a good idea?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, we can trust them. I'm running the show now." Okay. And he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna trust you." Um, and then the others, I was it wasn't said, but I was walking around Diamond City, and there's a bunch of fucking synths walking around now, just going about their days. What the fuck? And I no, went, I, I, saw, I saw that, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, where's the mayor? What the hell's going on? I go up and the mayor's just like, oh, I'm too busy to talk right now. And I'm like, I should fucking shoot you in the head. Because that's all he ever says to me. I should have gone, I, I, I'm regretting my choice now. <laughs> well, see, here, I, I, I'm, I have no issue killing the Brotherhood, but I wish I didn't kill the railroad. Although, how does, have you played the DLC yet? No, I haven't. Okay. I'm, I'm probably not going to put the, the money into it. Because I've got so much other stuff, and in two weeks, No Man's Sky is out, and two weeks after that, Deus Ex. Okay. So I'm, like, I got other games in the pipeline right now. See, but now I'm really curious how Far Harbor plays out if you join the Institute, because the whole point of Far Harbor is... Oh, actually, I guess it's not. I mean, that's just a side quest. Never mind. Mm. Fuck, I'm regretting all of my life decisions right now. <laughs> oh, well. I, uh, I just have to live with the fact that my son ended up hating me. Oh, no. Yeah, he actually tells you that, just oh. so you know, I fucking hate you, and you, I want you to live with that hatred for the rest of your life. And I was just like, shit, I made the wrong decision, but i already been playing too long to feel like going back was worth it. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, no, it was pretty easy for them to convince me, because I'm just going like, okay, and the, I, the Minutemen are good, but they're small potatoes. The Railroad's kind of nuts, and the Brotherhood is, like, Nazi Germany nuts. And I picked the fucking railroad at first. Like, I picked the railroad, and then the... Or not the railroad, the Minutemen. Yeah. I picked the Minutemen at first, and then the railroad was like, Hey, dude, um, you shouldn't do that, because if you pick the Minutemen, or if you go with the Institute and the Minutemen, the, the synths are going to be slaves. And I was just like, oh, shit, I don't like slaves. So I, I joined the railroad. Yeah, huh. the, ra the railroad kind of fear mongers because they're like, oh my god, they're slaves, they're slaves, they're slaves. And then you go in to the, like, you go into the Institute and you see a lot of them aren't really conscious. And you go out on a couple quests with them and find, like, these, to get, to recollect these rogue synths, which you then have to shut down and send back to the Institute so they can be sent back to doing their jobs. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, these guys are, like, really dangerous. Like, I like Nick Valentine, he's a cool dude, and I'm sure there are some good ones out there, but the majority of them are built to do jobs inside the Institute, not be up on the surface. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. I might do another playthrough of Fallout 4 anyways. Yeah, I don't know if I'll do that. The thing with RPGs for me is, um, especially one like this where it's very story-driven, um, I sort of, like, I do my playthrough, that's my character, that's my story, that's how the game went for me, and that's that. Yeah. Whereas something like Bloodborne where you... It's more gameplay-driven. Bloodborne right. Souls, it's more gameplay-driven. That's something where I'm like, oh, I want to try a different build. I'm going to go through and play through the game again. See, this is how I play Fallout 4. The first time I played through Fallout 4, I tried to do my choices, but I also try to do everything. Yeah. So, like, I'll go with, like, the villain companions, and I'll be a bad guy for a little bit and just try to make it so I'm not a real bad guy. Like, mm. I'll try and kind of sneak around and cheat my way yeah. out of being an actual bad guy, but I still do the bad guy shit. And then, like, I don't check anything mm. online either. Yeah. And I'll be honest, Fallout 4 chat system wasn't great some no. of the options i couldn't really tell what they were going at yeah. and i don't go back and undo the decisions i've made ever yeah. so there's there's some instances where something happened and i was like well shit i didn't know the dialogue meant that yeah, and then, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. so i might go back and do a, yeah and then I'll, I'll, i'm probably going to go back and do a, a second playthrough where i know the options and i actually know what i would want to do mm -hmm. because like i said when I joined the railroad, it was because I figured, you know what, hey, this, yeah, whatever. Let's let's move yeah, on. Yeah, let's move oh. on. We've talked about games for a little while. Let's talk some movies. Movies. Okay. Um, so I know you've seen a bunch of stuff. I haven't seen a ton since we last talked. I was supposed to see Star Trek yesterday. I'm going later today. Now. Okay. I could I could just quickly talk about things I've seen, and then we can talk yeah. about things that are coming yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, we could talk, and we could talk. We could probably talk a bit about some of the stuff you've seen as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So, um. I saw the two movies that I really want to talk about. I saw Neon Demon and I saw The Secret Life of Pets. Very similar movies. Um, <laughs> both for kids. Oh, yeah. Then Nicholas Winding Refn, just a master of children's entertainment. Okay, so I'll talk about Secret Life of Pets first because I got quite a bit to say about Neon oh, Demon. Really? Maybe. Okay. Well, it depends. I'm, I might get into a spot where I'm like, uh-oh, spoilers, and I yeah, don't want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, I don't. That's one I do want to see. So yeah. I'm not, so Secret... Uh, Secret Life doesn't matter to me. Yeah, okay, so Secret Life of Pets... I'll just put a spoiler warning anyways, just in case something To be fair, slipped. if you're watching a podcast about movies, there's going to be spoilers. Yeah. Um, I don't think there will be any, though. Uh, so anyways, not as good as Zootopia, but still entertaining. I quite liked it. Um, it was very cute. It was very fun. I took my little sister to go see it, and uh, I, I had an all-around uh, fun time. It was a, a hoot and a holler. Uh, the dogs looked cute, and um, I don't know. It was just a nice little kind of veg out, watch the movie, kind of let your brain go by the wayside and then just enjoy what you're seeing. It was very, it was a very, it was very, Zootopia had a lot of, uh, like a very adult themes, which is what I think made it better. It had a lot of very adult themes in it. Uh, Disney does better in general. Yeah. And, but this one was just like, it's that kid's movie that you watch when you're a kid and then you, you're just having a laugh. Um, just having a good old time, but there were some heavy things in it. Like there was a, a lot of messages about moving on and growing up, I guess, and you know, seeing something that you didn't see that was right in front of you. Like little little messages like that, which I think really held it together overall. But it, it really is like uh, just an all around good fun, laugh out loud kids film, and I thought that was great. Mm -hmm. yeah, but uh, wrong with that. Neon Demon, however, that's. A very strange-looking movie that I will see sometime. 
I felt like I did something wrong after I watched it. <laughs> it was good, but like at the end of the movie, I was like, why do I feel bad about myself right now? So it's sort of like what Maniac did to me last year. Yeah. I mean, oh, fuck. Dude, it's tough for me to look at Keanu Reeves the same way. Oh, that's right. He's in that. I always forget he's in that movie. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a hard movie. Well, I've seen way worse shit I've, than I've that. I've heard but... some of the plot and some of the stuff that goes on, and it sounds pretty fucked up. Yeah, oh my god, I was just... Okay, so... The movie is hard to watch as is, and then you realize that Elle Fanning's character is supposed to be 16. Oh, fuck, she, she is? Yeah. Oh! Oh no. That's gonna be... Yeah. Um... Yeah, no, it's 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 a movie that honestly, like, I'm watching and I feel almost like it's something that should be on my 31 Days of Horror list. Would you classify it a horror movie? It was horrifying, but no, I guess not. I feel like that's all it really takes. Like, it's weird defining something as horror because, like... That maybe, actually, because there's... Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, because my family, just... for the longest time, like, my dad would say, we're watching a scary movie. So, to my family, if it wasn't scary, it wasn't horror. But as, right. I've, as I've gotten more into the genre, it's like, no, there's stuff that doesn't necessarily scare me anymore. It's absolutely horror. Yeah. Um, like, it, I, I, I've used... Because I get really into this stuff and I go crazy around Halloween, I use different terminology. So there's stuff that, like, it didn't scare me, but it creeped me out. It made me uncomfortable. It unnerved me. Because yeah. they're different feelings. For me, getting scared is uh, something that makes me jump. Right? It gets my heart racing. Yeah, I, I don't think I've been legitimately scared by a movie since maybe uh, the first Conjuring I think it was Sinister for me okay and to be fair that that was those were a couple like jump scare-ish moments but they were moments that were like whoa and got me like you know got my heart, heart pounding I mean, and got me a little fair, freaked out like movies like It Follows The Babadook and actually The Babadook might have scared me a little bit like I mean like there's moments where I got scared mm-hmm. like a movie where it was like shit, I have to walk home alone tonight yeah. and then my family's not home or my family's already in bed and it's going to be dark when I get home and, like, The Conjuring was the, that movie, because I remember when The Conjuring went to go see that, I went to go see that with a few friends, and then I walked home, uh, and I used to live out in Langford, and I used to live down the Galloping Goose Trail so, I think, at that time, maybe or maybe I lived out in Sandwich and I had to bus home I don't know that's I live in Victoria. I don't live in Vancouver yeah. where Sandra is. Um, but I uh, I remember getting home and nobody was there, and I didn't know that nobody was going to be home. And I was just like, oh, what the hell? Fuck shit. I was just I was a little a little on edge. Was yeah, the last two movies that I can say without a doubt scared me were Sinister. Um, Sinister. I love the atmosphere. It's it's a bit of a slow burn, but it does have a couple moments that are like scary as shit. Yeah. Um, I think it's um, when he's looking through when Ethan Hawke is looking through the second case I think it is keep in mind I haven't seen it yet oh okay okay so there's there's three moments really that really got me um, and it was one that I watched with a friend it was like one of my buddies who, like we just he comes over and we drink and order pizza and watch movies um, and that was like the second movie we watched that night I think we started watching it at midnight or like 11 so it's 1am when it's done and he's going home and I'm like I'm turning all the lights on in the house, and I'm not going to sleep for a while. Um, the other one that messed me up was I watched it a, two or three Halloweens ago, end of the night, like started at 11, in the dark by myself, and that's the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. That movie fucking messes me up. That's a great movie. And Toby Hooper, like, he, he says, like, I know the sequels got, like, more ridiculous and almost, like, dark 
black comedy, uh, just like really that sort of stuff. And Toby Hooper's like, that's that's present in the original, or we tried to do it, but people are so horrified by what's going on that they that they kind of miss it. I don't really know. I don't think any comedy came across. There may be a couple moments of like really really dark surreal uh, humor. I but, think that's why he went more over the top with the second one. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because he said it is, yeah. Um, the, the first one was definitely... Like, I think it was because nothing like that... If, if that had yeah. come out in, like, say, the 90s, then maybe, yeah, people would have been a little more desensitized to that kind of film, and the comedy might have shone, shone through a little I, more. I don't know if it would have, because what Texas Chainsaw does so much better... Like, you think... I love, in terms of the slasher series, my favorite is Nightmare on Elm Street. I think those are very, very, well, some of them are very, very good movies. Um, yeah. Friday the 13th is horrible, but it's fun. It's just dumb fun. Halloween doesn't exist after the first movie as far as I care. Oh, I like, I like the second one. I guess the second's decent, but I, it's not necessary in my mind. No, it's it's not the, at all. the first movie, and I don't care about the rest. Um, Texas Chainsaw, it doesn't go crazy with the gore. It, le- it it honestly uses camera tricks to hide a lot of the violence. And it leaves it up to your imagination. And what it does a lot of is just sound. Like that weird camera flash squeal, whatever that is, mm-hmm. is so... Un- it just gets under your skin. And it's shot in a way that's very gritty and very real looking. Like they don't do crazy stuff with the colors. It looks like someone's just filming reality. It looks raw, yeah. Which yeah. I really like, and that's something that I would like to do in a movie. Mm-hmm. I want to make movies, and I want... I want a, most of my movies to look very raw and real. I think that really draws people in, and I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre is what really inspired that. Yeah, that movie messed me up. I've seen it. I So after that, I was like, I called a friend. I'm like, I need a hug. I'm fucked up. Like, I'm really scared right now. I'm really just upset. So is um, that the movie that fucked you up the most? Probably, because, I mean, when I was younger, there was stuff that scared me more. Like, The Ring terrified me when I was seven years old. Um, but I've sort of, I've gotten over that one. I've, I've watched Texas Chainsaw a couple times since that first time. Yeah. And it has bothered me both times. Even watching in broad daylight with family, it has bothered me. Mm-hmm. And it is, it has fueled an already existing fear of Leatherface. Mm-hmm. And I just won't watch it again. I have tremendous respect for it. I Like you, I'm inspired by it and would love to make something in that vein where it hides and masks a lot of the violence and leaves it up to the viewer's imagination to imagine the terrible things that are happening. But I won't watch it again. Right. It upsets me. It really upsets me. It's a great film. Yeah. A little embarrassed, but I have gotten over it since, and I love this movie now. But the movie that definitely had like the biggest effect of terrifying me was Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> like five years five six years old and i went over oh yeah house yeah, and yeah. They were watching it nights like a couple of weeks of just worried that jason was going to come out of the river because i lived on a river yeah and i was like and i was like okay i gotta stay awake because if i fall asleep freddie Freddy will come me, but i also won't be able to see if jason's coming <laughs> and and so it was like a, it was like a two two things i was like i want to i want to i need to sleep and then I'd fall asleep and wake up, mm. and I'd be like, "Oh, thank God, Freddy didn't get me." Yeah, I think part of my part of my love of Freddy Krueger and the Nightmare on Elm Street series is um, the fact that one of my sisters is fucking terrified of Freddy Krueger. The way I am terrified of Leatherface, she is of Freddy Krueger, and that's hilarious to me. It's wow. so funny to me. Um, and then one of the one of the other reasons I really love that series are well, the three movies in particular: Nightmare, uh, Nightmare One, Nightmare Three, and New Nightmare is uh, Heather Langenkamp as Nancy Thompson. 
because you have she's my favorite of the final girls and she is a connective tissue and a character that you care about going through those three movies so i care about i like those three movies i don't care about the rest Mm. you know they're fun they're fun they get a bit too campy um but yeah that's that's sort of my stance on nightmare now we were talking neon demon um, what else is coming out? It reminds me of... Well, obviously it reminds me of Drive, reference previous work. Uh, yeah. It reminds me a lot of... Just the stuff I've seen, it reminds me of the 2012 remake of Maniac. Uh, uh, I haven't seen that yet. I want You should. Wood, it right? used to be on Netflix. Yes, it's the Elijah Wood one. It's very... Have you seen the original Maniac? No, I want do you, to see that. Do you, know any, do you know anything about it? It's about a serial killer, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a 1980s, really just crappy exploitation flick. Uh, and it's one claim to f- fame is one particular special effects scene. Really, it's not. It's not a good movie, but it's you know it's some that horror movies really get into. The remake. I haven't seen the original, but I just I've seen bits of it. The remake is, especially at least on a technical term, vastly superior. Okay. It's an incredibly well made movie, um, and it is unnerving. Okay. And it's got a fantastic score, which I've actually been listening to for the last week. Hmm. Um. It's one that like it's one of those movies that I want to watch again, but I also kind of don't because it it got under my skin. Okay. Um, so something I I would like to bring up though, uh, in the vein, it's a horror film sort mm-hmm. of as a subgenre of horror films, and I'm very excited for it. And it's coming out. Okay, well first off, Shin Gojira. It's Godzilla Resurgence. Shin <laughs> Gojira. Uh, at first, it was not supposed to be released in the North American United States, but apparently. Uh, other distributors were so impressed with it that they, they, they were asking Toho Studios, you know, for it. And so now one of the territories that it might mm. be in is North America. And yeah. I am, I'm living on a prayer, dude. I really <laughs> want that movie to come out. I love Godzilla. I think both the Godzilla Resurgence trailers look great. I, I really hope that it is another solo Godzilla film. And, and here's the thing. I hate hard reboots and remakes now like i used to not but now i'm mm-hmm. just sick of them i like soft reboots and i love sequels mm-hmm. I, like i would consider mad max fury road a soft reboot oh it's entirely like... a soft reboot it's it, it feeds into the fairy tale of mad max yeah he's this character that goes around the wasteland and he, there's a mythology around him and that's the thing i love about godzilla is that they make they make movies non-stop for like let's say 10 or so years and then they take a break for 10 years and then they have a soft reboot instead of a remake or a sequel. And they do that, and they have like all these really nice and very unique series. There's the original series uh, and the second series, which are known as the uh, Hesse and the Showa series, yep. and, respectively. And then there's the Millennium series, which was the 2000 series. And now we've got this new series beginning, and an American one running side by side. And the thing that I love about this, in comparison to other remakes, where it feels like you're watching the same thing over again, just worse or less trying... Uh, they're all very unique. You, you can't watch a Godzilla film and be like, I've seen this shit before. To an extent. I mean, like, some of the bad Godzilla movies, it's like, wow, they really dropped the, like, Godzilla's Revenge, or, uh, or, uh, not Son of Godzilla, that movie's great. Or, like, um, I don't know, even Godzilla 1985, I'm not s- super hot on. I don't think that's a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. I qu- quite enjoy that film. But, um still it's like alright this is kind of samey at this point but then they always they throw in something crazy like it's always a curveball like Godzilla versus Biollante okay we're trying to cure the world's like 
uh, food problem, so we're going to use Godzilla's DNA and mix it into crops <laughs> so our food grows faster. They mix it with a rose. The rose turns into a rose Godzilla and fights Godzilla, but the rose Godzilla is possessed by the ghost of a girl, and it's like, what the hell is happening? And there's all this espionage going on. And then Godzilla 2000's got, like, an alien under the ocean that swims up and then fights Godzilla, and it's just like, come on, like, where do you guys come up with this shit? It's crazy. Like, it's, it's, it's like, it's like watching movies that are so bad, like, it's just a train wreck, like Terminator Genesis, and kind of enjoying how bad it's gotten, but they're still entertaining, and that's why I think, I, that's why I love Godzilla so much, and that's why I'm so excited for Godzilla Resurgence, because once again... It looks fresh, and it looks unique, and I really like that. All I've seen out of that since its release is the first reviews out of Japan are calling it a masterpiece. Are you serious? Yeah. Though, here's the thing with, with Japanese reviews. At least in the video game industry, the, you can't really trust them when they're reviewing Japanese games because they, even if it's shit, they'll give it a good review because it's yeah. Japanese. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's the case, same case with movies. Take it with a grain of salt. I'm sure it's good, yeah. but... They tend to be very biased towards their own stuff. Yeah, that's, um, that's true. Especially because it's being made for that audience, and they have different sensibilities than we do in North America. Uh, so, uh, knowing you love the previous ones, I'm sure you'll love this. Um, oh, definitely. But, yeah, just, like, they're calling it a masterpiece, but just just wait, wait. Wait and see what, what other people have to say when they get to see it. Oh, see, that's what I was like, and I really didn't... <sighs> Never mind. <laughs> um, Moving on. Uh, what else is coming out? Born's coming out. Well, soon. talking, you're talking about the whole ten year thing and the soft reboot thing, and I sort of that's sort of what I ha hope Stop. happens with Star Wars. Oh, okay, yeah. I was I was gonna go there. Um, at least like I'm not. I'm excited for Rogue One. I think it looks fantastic. I love Gareth Edwards. I think he's a very talented filmmaker. Yeah, I love um, Godzilla. I am still not sold on the idea of the anthology films. I especially don't like the Star Wars, the a Star Wars story subtitle. Just call it Star Wars Rogue One, or just just flat out just Rogue One. People yeah. will. I get that Star Wars like use that in the marketing, but just call the movie Rogue One because people will see the trailers and they'll understand it's Star Wars. Um, yeah. um, it, but what? But here, what I was gonna say. What I was gonna say is, I'm not sold on the anthologies, but the one thing that I truly hope happens with the saga films, the episodes. They make a trilogy, go away for 10 or 15 years. Star Wars is now a generational thing. It's three generations. Please, Lucasfilm, Disney, I understand it makes a fuck ton of money for you. Please keep the saga films that way. Yeah. Because that's what makes them special, is you get your three movies, and it goes away for a while. And, and then it'll come back. That. But my, my issue is, is that... How will this affect, like, let's go another generation of Star Wars films down the road, like, say, another ten years, mm -hmm. and then it's the next part of the saga. Will that generation be as excited? Like, the new generation, the kids, will they be like, well, like shit, I've seen a shitload of Star Wars movies already. Because um, that's the thing that worries me about the anthology films. And and you can't deny that oversaturation yeah, is a problem. Exactly. Like, it's already happening with superhero movies. It happened to the wrestling industry in the 90, late 90s, early 2000s. It happened to the westerns in the 60s. It happened to uh, science fiction horror films in the 50s. It always happens. Oversaturation mm -hmm. is never a good thing. Will we get oversaturated with Star Wars films if, as what I think the last official quote was, we're making them until they stop making money? Yeah, exactly. And that that scares me a little bit. Like, I the I, I don't think the next generation... I don't know... 
if you'll have the same kind of excitement. Even even the next two, eight and nine, or yeah, eight and nine, you're not gonna have the same kind of excitement there was around Force Awakens because Force Awakens was we were getting a seventh Star Wars movie. We were never supposed to get another Star Wars movie, and the prequels left such a bad taste in their mouth. And they've been so careful about doing this right again and going back to the feel of the originals. Everyone was losing their minds over that. You had not only did you have the the young kids who would, weren't alive when the prequels and the originals came out who were getting excited over this new movie. You didn't. You also had us who grew up with the prequels who were like, oh my god, we're going to get something closer to the originals. And then you also had the people who were kids when the originals coming out still around to go nuts over that. The next generation that gets into it, I mean, we're going to be like, okay, we're expecting quality Star Wars. That original generation, they're not so much going to be around anymore, and the younger kids. Like the, the, I don't the, know about that, Sandra. I think they'll just be old. Well, you know, they, they're going to start to die off. They're going to start to die well, off. Maybe the fourth generation. Uh, well, whatever. Fifth. Who knows? We're, we're talking, who knows how long until we get another trilogy, right? Maybe they do do the 15-year thing. The 15, 20-year thing. I don't know. Um, they probably won't, but let me hope. Let me hope. Um, and uh, the, the, the kids that weren't around when this, that are being born now, like as this trilogy is coming out, or or will be born after it comes out, they're going to grow up in a world where Star Wars is always around, right? It's never gone away from them. So the, the excitement will never hit the peak of The Force Awakens again, I don't think. No, um, so. not, not even close. Not unless it goes away entirely for 30 years and comes back again. See, like, and I wasn't um, around when The Phantom Menace was coming out, and I can only imagine that the hype must have been huge. But I think the one edge that, this, that Force Awakens had, like in terms of hype, like I would say Force Awakens from what I heard, probably has more hype surrounding it, and that's because we had bad Star Wars movies. Yeah. So maybe not hype. Excitement. Maybe a better word is, is like, praying, like, people just being worried about, like, there was a yeah, level yeah, 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 yeah. and excitement. And of course, that level of worry was probably there, but think about it. When Phantom Menace was coming out, you had three good Star Wars movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah was, there... there was an expectation for quality, mm. and then you had the prequels in our generation, and now it's like, well, shit, this could go bad. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of sitting there hoping praying that this movie exactly with episode one like they're like trust George Lucas George Lucas knows what he's doing and Star Wars is gonna be fucking great like no one questioned that that movie was gonna be bad and I have vague memories of the hype like obviously I wasn't active on the internet so I didn't see all that stuff that was going on in the early days of the internet but I mean I saw the fucking marketing everywhere it was everywhere everything was branded with Star Wars Darth Maul Anakin Jar Jar Binks they were on fucking everything and I got caught up in that because I had seen the original trilogy countless times at this point, and yeah, I was you're a little bit older than me. Yeah, yeah. So I like I have vague memories of the hype around that. Uh, I didn't I didn't understand the falling out over it not being quality, like yeah. that. It I wasn't just in the circles to understand that. And I'm like, it was more Star Wars. It was fun. I was young. I was dumb. I couldn't really analyze it. I go back and I I see the faults in those movies now. I still think Revenge of the Sith is a decent movie. And I enjoyed The Phantom Menace on nostalgic reasons. Attack of the Clones just never fucking happened. Just, the Clone Wars series exists there, and that movie never fucking happened. I hate it so much. Um, Sorry, I didn't know they made three prequels. I thought yeah, no, there's only, there's, there's, there's two in the animated series. There's two in the animated series, that's all it is. Um, that's why there's no episode two. It's episode one, episode three, and then he fills in with those, you know, the... How many episodes is there? 150 episodes of Clone Wars or something like that? I need to finish the series. Um, so I can move on to Rebels, because the stuff for Rebels Season 3 looks fucking awesome. Um, so, my experience, like, I'm a little younger than you, so keep in mind, I, I kind of missed the whole Phantom Menace thing. Mm -hmm. And so, my uncle, my parents, whatnot, they exposed me to the original Star Wars films before 
Clone Wars or Attack of the Clones or whatever that shitty movie was called yeah. uh, came out. And so I kind of went into that, uh, going into that Attack of the Clones. I remember watching Star Wars and everything being puppets and looking so mm-hmm. real and then going into Attack of the Clones and it's Ugh. all CGI. And the CGI was bad in that movie. It was also the first big movie shot digitally when the tech yeah. was not up to par. And I remember, even as a kid, I was like, well, this is weird. I, I didn't hate it as a kid, mm-hmm. but it was my least favorite Star Wars movie by far. And I was like, whoa, this is so weird. Because think about it. you can The uncanny valley effect, right? Yeah. You know, like your eye can tell. So imagine like being a little kid and just being accustomed to the original three Star Wars movies. I mean, like, that's Star Wars. That's what it is. And then coming into this one without having that Phantom Menace bu- buffer, just like, whoa what the hell happened yeah yeah and even like when i watched phantom menace before first awakens the the opening like 10 minutes of that before jar jar shows up that's legit that's a legitimately good movie yeah that's that's going really fucking well yeah and you know what honestly i like the pod race i like the battle with darth maul phantom menace is too boring in between those moments yeah exactly it has it has the peaks that you expect out of the Star Wars movies. It has it has a lot of those practical effects and the sets and amplified by CGI, which honestly, and that movie was also shot on film, so I think it looks better. The CGI still looks decent in that for the most part. Um, I mean, it's not good, you know, it's CGI, but I think it, I think it looks better than Attack of the Clones does. Absolutely I, looks better than Attack of the Clones does. So the order of Star Wars movies that I watched was New Hope, Empire, Return, Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace... Revenge of the Sith, Force Awakens. Yep. I've seen them in release order. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think I, we've been talking for a while now. I got I got shit I need to do. Well, we've got, like, other... There's so many other things we haven't talked about yet. Well, Sandro, that's why we do another episode. It of is. It's podcast. true. We'll talk a little more horror next, I, next time, I think, because you've seen Lights Out. I want to see Lights Out. I've got my 31 Days of Horror list put together. We could talk about that. All right. Um, let's, this is this is what you do, Sandra. We get people excited for the next episode. We can. We get people. Maybe people actually want. Us. Yeah. Maybe maybe they'll come back. We'll talk right. horror next because I'm descending into like my three month period of being obsessed with horror and Halloween again. Good, that that good. comes around this time of year always. Yours starts early. Mine's September, October, November, and then I'm still watching Christmas themed horror movies into December. Well, here's I I start a little earlier. This is this is actually probably the earliest it's come on in a while. Because um, I'm like I want to put my list together. Uh, but I go so hard and so deep into it, especially because I do my whole display at my house. I get like really dark and fucked up in the head. I basically hit Halloween and everything ends that night, and I have to get the fuck out. So, um, like, I, I have I, to just I, cut it off. Have I ever told you about Ben's B movie marathon? Uh, yes, you have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so yeah, I do that like every June. I do a, a marathon of just shitty B movies from mm-hmm. the 50s and 60s, which is fun. But I mean, if we are nearing the end of the podcast, you know what that means, Sandro? I don't. A little bit of wrestling news. Oh, right. The WWE brand split has officially happened. Finn Balor debuted on Raw and won both of his matches, beating Roman Reigns clean, which was amazing. I love Finn Balor. And also, uh, SmackDown got shafted in the draft, but Shelton Benjamin's coming back, and Dean Ambrose also pinned Roman Reigns clean, which was amazing, and the belt is staying on Raw. They have announced a new belt, the Universal Championship, and I'm very excited about that because wrestling is fun. Okay, you got your wrestling in. I gotta get this in. The thing that you thought I was going to earlier. Oh, oh, I gotta talk about this. I've talked about it on Twitter. I've talked about it on Twitter. That's... We're not gonna name the movie. You, you fuckers will figure out what I'm talking about just from watching it. 
a beloved film from the 80s has been rebooted and um it's unfortunate because i've read the reviews and a lot of the ones that were positive didn't really talk about the movie they were just like ha 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 women can be funny fuck you men you're wrong um and then the reviews that were critical of it spend half the review trying to say i'm not sexist look i'm not sexist i'm not a misogynist i like these actresses these comedians they're very funny and normally but i don't like this movie i haven't seen this movie (laughs) i haven't seen this movie ben let me i understand that but let me let me speak movies are supposed to be an escape and they're supposed to be fun and they've they turned it into a fucking political statement world, but that's not what ghostbusters was it's you know not what? ghostbusters was a very progressive film dana barrett was a single successful woman living on her own in a very expensive apartment in new york city who didn't need no man and even fucking oh my god i'm forgetting her name it right is... now who is their secretary uh to, to... janine janine she, she, she doesn't take anyone's shit she crazy. doesn't take anyone's shit so here, yes, yes, you were right, and and oh god, I forget the the number that is attached to her name. Comic book girl nineteen, I think it is. She's been on on movie fights before. She's got her own channel, and she does. She's very successful. She, while James Rolfe, angry video game nerd, was blasted for saying he's not going to see this movie. No one cared what she said. She made a lot of the same points and agreed with him and was very critical of the movie, saying it's not as progressive as they think it is. What would have been more progressive was men and women on the team, and should have been. At least two Ghostbusters, like. But no, no. Fucking Ackroyd. That would have been enough. But here's 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 where I stand on this movie. It being a hard reboot is a fucking mistake. It should have been a soft reboot. It should have been, you know, thirty years later, and Chris, Kristen Wiig is Dan Aykroyd's niece or something, no, 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 and no, is taking up the mantle. Look, we have a dead Ghostbuster in real life, and that's very sad. Why not carry on his legacy with a daughter character? Yeah, or or yeah, or it's it's Harold Ramis' daughter, right? It's just someone who is connected to the original Ghostbusters who wants to reboot things and gets the inherits the tech and improves on it. So we have the continuity. Don't like don't throw the fucking continue out the window. That pisses me off so much, and especially with the forced cameos that are in there. I said I haven't seen the movie. I know about the fucking cameos. I've read the entire plot of the movie online. The other thing is. I just it pisses me off that it's a political statement. Look, like I said, I would I am not against having an all female Ghostbusters. In fact, I was fucking on board with that, especially when the rumors started coming out that it was gonna be like Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Jennifer Lawrence, and then someone else. I'm like, that's a fucking awesome cast. Like that'll be really funny. But then they announced that Paul Feig, Feig, however you pronounce his last name, I've heard it multiple ways, was writing and directing, and I'm like fuck i don't like bridesmaids i don't like the heat i don't find his work funny so now i'm already concerned and i'm also like he's gonna cast melissa mccarthy who i don't find funny then he cast melissa mccarthy and well i'm like okay fuck now this movie does not sound interesting to me i want to give it a chance because it's ghostbusters and because the other people are funny the other people involved are funny you can shit on like people can shit on me for saying oh you haven't seen the movie you have to go see the movie before ultimately and I understand that the people involved in actually making the movie don't have control over the trailers and the marketing, but ultimately the job of the marketing is to get me to spend $15 and three hours of my day to go out to the theater and see your fucking movie. It failed. End of story. As much as there's some weird, like, mis- like just crazy part of me that wants to see this movie, even if I know it's going to hurt me and I'm going to hate it, I'm not, like... I'm not seeing this movie. I can't support it. What pisses me off, Sam, because of the marketing they, campaign. They, they say like 
you know, it's a prog- it's, they're trying to be progressive and whatnot, which was stupid. They picked the wrong movie for that because Ghostbusters was progressive enough as it was. And, um, you know, they're like, you know, this is for the girls, blah, blah, blah. It's not about the money. Oh, really? Because uh, wasn't it leaked that they were planning on doing a, another male Ghostbusters movie and then, a, like, a crossover? Or they're making a sequel no matter what the reviews are? No shit, it's about the money. Yeah, they made money. They were gonna make a sequel, and then, but then it started like once the backlash came up, they started talking about doing an all male one again, because people were so fucking upset. And like, no, just just I, I'm on board with an all female cast. Just give me a good fucking movie. That's all I want. That's all I want. I'm sure I'll watch it out of some sadistic desire at some point. That's the word I was looking for. I won't pay for it. I'm sure I'll watch it at some point though, because I'm just a. F- I, I make myself watch horrible... I watched Cannibal Holocaust, dude. I think I'll make it through this. See, like, at least Cannibal Holocaust had some artistic... No, it didn't! No, it didn't! No, it didn't! It almost did! But then when the fucking guy, like, looks in the camera at the end of the movie and tells you what the entire, like, moral of the story is... Like, not, not in a subtle way. He spells it out. He literally says, Hmm, I wonder who the real monsters are. Or who the real cannibals are. I nearly flipped my desk! Yeah, but the music was good. Okay, the music was good, but fuck that movie! <laughs> fuck that movie! The special effects were pretty good, too. It was horrible! It was horrible to watch! I was disgusted with myself! And I bought in... I was sort of buying into everyone's like, Oh, it's social commentary. Until the very fucking end. When he, like... He looks at the camera, and he says it, and he may as well have winked, and smiled, and walked off. And I was just like, you fucks. You, you had it? You almost were able to justify the shit you did. Because ultimately, the people, the movie is about people making a documentary who do horrible things. But ultimately, the people making that movie made the actors do horrible things by killing these animals. And the, the, the mutilation of that tortoise was absolutely horrifying to watch so yes you got your desired fucking result you horrified me but you are just as bad as the characters that you are trying to say are terrible because you forced the actors to do that i like i despise that movie on so many levels so i guess look how how we've evolved we went from talking about video games movies (laughs) that are coming out movies that we've seen cannibal holocaust i think this is a perfect place to end today's podcast and get people excited for the next episode uh well, this has been the now playing podcast I'm, no no we're not the now playing podcast anymore we are not the now playing podcast anymore i'm i'm ben lavar also you can find me on twitter that i uh, rarely use and uh, this is my, my my good friend sandra bizonia also known as Telt Kanakin, who you can find on youtube and on twitter under that handle I would like to say thank you for watching, and you have a lovely day. Okay.